You are listening to Contesting Wrestling Premium. Uh, today, I, Doc Diamondfire, am here with uh, Dr. Ben Abelson and with Scotland Green once again. Hello. Welcome back, Scotland. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Doing Hanging all right. in there. Ready to talk some wrestling Indeed. here. Indeed. Hell yeah. And everybody remember that uh, Scotland is at Mr. Green Mist on Twitch, streaming all sorts of different and wrestling. Instagram. And Instagram. It's good to have a consistent handle sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't be Doc Diamond Fire on Twitter. I have to be like Dr. Diamond Fire, like Dr. Diamond Fire, just because it's one too many characters oh, I for hate Twitter. That. Yeah. And I don't want to be Doc Diamond Fur. You don't want a consistent <laughs> handle if you're like consistently drinking a handle of gin every day or something like that. Oh, that's a that's a whole different yeah. story. Uh, that kind of consistent <laughs> handle can give you big problems. Yes. Um, I mean, the internet kind of handle, the online handle, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it's trucker, trucker-like handle. Yeah, there you go. Handle <laughs> is kind of an old-fashioned term, but I think people still use it. Yeah, definitely. I remember reading about how it was called a handle in the 90s when I first became aware of the internet. <laughs> That's true. And so, uh, so Ben, tell us, what, what are we watching today? We are watching today Progress 83. Remove child before ironing. <laughs> Which, That's good advice. It's a yeah. It's a nice. Is that is that a is that a callback to something? Is that a, I, a quote from something? I have no fucking idea. It's probably well. I mean, I imagine like uh, there's some kind of like baby onesie or something, and there's yeah. a tag on it that has various warnings, and perhaps. And knowing the like litigious nature of our society, perhaps they actually put a warning such as that on on some yeah. some product. I don't know. You know, every every time there's a warning, that means that somebody tried to do the thing on the warning. <laughs> yep, and sued. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so this is from January twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. So just about two years ago. And, you know, the the funny uh, subtitle speaks to the nature of the Progress Wrestling product. They're a British independent wrestling organization, though um, with some sort of relationship with the WWE for quite some time now. Uh, yeah. yeah, this this uh, this event is on the WWE Network as one of the, their uh, one of the indie shows right. that they put and on because they they have relationships with a few indie promotions. It now. was recommended to us by a longtime friend of the show and uh, early guest on the show, Justin Cariacciolo. Uh Yeah, Hi, Justin, Hello. thanks for recommending this. Uh, Scotland, you know Justin. We I do. We all went to we the same uh, Sunday school together. <laughs> yeah, praise something Jesus. like that. Um, something like that so uh and he recommended this show uh and i'm glad that he did because it was very enjoyable but i I was suggesting that um you know the the funny nature the sort of tongue-in-cheek uh comedic nature of the subtitle speaks to a part of the product which is that what we get when the the show starts is a co-owner of progress wrestling Jim Smallman, who is a comedian, he was a comedian before he was a wrestling promoter. Okay, there yeah. you go. That's because yeah. I, I was wondering. I was like, this guy is doing legit ten minutes up top, <laughs> right? Like right. ten minutes. Like I, I've hosted, you know, thousands of of free comedy shows in my life, and you know, you want to do six to eight <laughs> up top. <laughs> so I was wondering if there were like wrestlers pacing back there, like, 
Come on. Though I will. That's probably better than the owner booking himself to do 20 minutes at the end of the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because he, he did a good job. You know. I went from hating it to, to being like, oh, I get it. When he was asking people, have they been there before? Right. Cheer if you've been here. Because that's like straight up comedy show move. He was pretty funny. Straight up. I thought. Yeah. And it, he's, he's funny. He did crowd work. He got... What he did was he did host tricks to get everybody into the show that wasn't already into right. it. He made everybody. It was great. I, I was I went from hating it to getting it to being jealous. And he, I guess it, it does about five. It seconds. does two things. It invites the, the new people into the, the community and then yep. it rewards the old people for coming back. Yeah, and they had their bits that they do up top, you know, like the one rule, don't be a dick. I love that. You know, I love the, the one guy who, like, built his entire life. Like, he, he planned his his college career and education around being able to go to progress shows. That was fucking cool. <laughs> oh, man, I, I wonder how that's working out for him you these are, days. You <laughs> arrange your degree around watching wrestling with 699 drunk people, is how Smallman put it. Well done. <laughs> Sorry, Doc, you were going to say so that. Yeah, you know, I, I did find that this dragged a little bit. I, I thought he was he was very good at it. My problem is that this is a great way to get going for a live audience. But me sitting there watching the show. Yeah. Like on my computer. I'm like, I don't need this guy to hype me up. You know, the, the, this, this guy in the audience isn't going to be buying me drinks. Fair yeah. Yeah. Not that he bought anybody drinks. But yeah, for 10 minutes. Like, OK, that's uh, that's perfectly fine way to warm up a crowd. I'm not in a crowd. I'm sitting yep. around watching the WWE Network. I've been to a lot of wrestling shows, you know, where where a good host can do this and get the crowd up so that they're already reacting big for the first match and everything. But once again, I, I don't know how, and I'm not saying don't necessarily do it. I've, I've never seen a progress show before this. Maybe this is on every one of their shows. I, it is. It probably is. I, I've, <laughs> but, I had um, never seen a full progress show before, except for the one in Brooklyn that I went to. And I remember him doing uh, yes. something like that. I also went to that, which is crazy that we were at yeah. that show before we knew each other. That is crazy. That's like a lost, well, that's like some, bef- some Before we lost. knew each other as adults, remember, we, we yes. discovered that we had gone <laughs> right, to Sunday, Sunday school. school. But um, yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 thing, the, the main thing that I remember about that show, and it was a good one, but the main thing was it how was, fucking was. hot that building was. It was the minute Jesus. of the summer, no fucking AC, one guy act overbooked. Yeah, right. Overcapacity. So many people in there. One guy actually that like was, that was the review that I kept a getting. Dude passed out from heat exhaustion and had to be like carted out of there and shit. There was like condensation dripping from the ceiling and the walls from oh, people's no. hot breath. The, the, it sounds like they over uh, they oversold the place yeah. and just yeah. let everybody in. Like that sounds like oh yeah let's let's do it let's pack it to the Raptors yeah don't do that <laughs> like actually don't do that people do get hurt yeah they were carried <laughs> out so w- yeah one last yeah. thing about the host uh, we reviewed that ROH show uh, All Star Extravaganza two that that we had it was yeah. the first one we had attended and pointed out that when we attended it it started with CM Punk coming out and talking to the people as like the leader of the locker room and the, and the host oh. of the show. And that was not on the DVD for good reason. Yeah. CM Punk yeah, right. opening the show, they didn't put on the DVD because that was something just for the live crowd, really. And maybe progress should follow that kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this would have been a lot more interesting if CM Punk had come out. Yes. <laughs> the focus of this certainly would be a little different. Yeah. He did his 10 minutes up top. 
So, um, thankfully, though that did run a little long, the first match is a hell of a fucking banger. Yeah, yeah. It really is. We get uh, Timothy Thatcher against Ilya Dragunov. And um, people might be familiar with Thatcher from NXT and Dragunov from NXT UK. And this is about a year before both of them were signed. Uh, Dragunov had what a lot of people thought was the match of the year in 2020 against Walter. Uh, Still haven't seen it. It's on. I, I got to oh, watch it. Oh, it is fucking brutal. <laughs> the only thing I can really compare it to is Joe versus Kobashi. Um, oh, yeah. shit. I saw that. Yeah. But even more brutal, actually, with the chops. It's wow. it's kind of hard to watch at points, <laughs> but it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Ilya is full of uh, full of energy coming to the ring, you know, as he's got his like drumming music and he's jumping around and everything. But it doesn't seem forced. You know, sometimes you'll see an indie guy that doesn't really know what they're doing and they think, oh, I'm going to have some energy. Yeah. And so they like they jump around and yell and wave their arms and like then there's nothing wrong with that. But it, it doesn't really do what they think it does. It does do what Ilya thinks it does. Yeah, he he's, clearly it. Has he's, a, he's committed 100 yeah. percent. He might be the him. most intense the crowd is with I've ever seen. And like naturally, intense, genuinely yes. intense wrestler, and he and he doesn't get blown up either. You know, he keeps <laughs> that intensity throughout the entire match, which wasn't particularly long, but you know they were going at a, a pretty uh, quick pace the whole time. Yeah, uh, he's unbesiegebar, invincible, or you know, un uh, un unbesiegeable uh. in German. You know, cool. Um, uh, so that yeah, and. A cool thing about him. So he was born in Russia. When he was five years old, he moved to Germany. So he was raised in Germany, but he's Russian ethnically. He is the first true Russian-born wrestler to ever wrestle for the WWE. (laughs) Interesting. Wow. In the history of Russian gimmicks. With all those fucking Russian gimmicks. Which I guess including Vladimir Kozlov? He must have not actually been genuinely Russian born. Wow, I didn't know. I, that. I have no idea. I know that. Uh, where, where was uh, where was Nikolai Volkov born? Uh, he was born in one of the Croatian, states, I believe. I believe, right? I, I he, was he was Croatian. Croatian. Okay. These two have one hell of a match. Yeah, they 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 beat the crap they out do. of each other. Yeah. Uh, they keep the the pace up the whole time without at any point either of them seeing rush uh, seeming rushed. They're both very good. Like Timothy Thatcher is yes. very good. Thatcher's worst... red. I saw him live a couple years ago at yeah. uh, I think it was an Evolve mm-hmm. show, and it was the first time I'd ever seen him. And he was, I mean, there's there's not a lot of people like him. He's no. he's good. He's a, he no. feels like a real fighter. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and, and once again, I I was reminded that he's he's from the United States. I didn't know that. Born in Sacramento. I, I ass- yeah, I assumed he was just like a mean European. He also moved to Germany, <laughs> like he legit. Oh, when, you know when he wanted to get big yeah, in the, in the European a, wrestling a, scene. A, a kayfabe or not? No, no, yeah, yeah. Um, he yeah he comes out to fucking Dvorak Symp- Symphony Nine, just like you know Walter yep. and the whole like Ring Conf yeah. crew. Um, yeah, uh, I first saw him, I actually, I think if the first time I saw him was on a PWG show, uh, like their battle of Los Angeles one year where one year, I think mm-hmm. it was like 2007, uh, where, or 2006, maybe where I was introduced to like all these guys who would become the big stars of wrestling in the years to come. <laughs> um, watching Bola is a good way to do that any given year. Exactly. Really? Yep. Um, and then I would see him at the Evolve shows. And if, when I was going fairly regularly uh, at La Boom, 
in Queens. And he was the champion. He's actually, I think, still the longest reigning Evolve champion. I guess he'll be the longest one ever because Evolve has folded. And yeah. um, he it was great. Uh, it was a nice piece of Gabe Sapolsky booking where Thatcher was obviously very good, but his matches were not as exciting as Zack Sabre Jr.'s, Matt Riddle's, Keith Lee's, the other guys who were on the card, Drew Gulak, even uh, even Johnny Gargano, um, Drew Galloway. Like they had a hell of a fucking roster for mm-hmm. a little while. And oh, Thatcher, yeah. W- yeah, that's the roster when I was when I saw them for the first time. Word, yeah. And Thatcher was not the most charismatic of them, not the most exciting. His matches were kind of boring compared to everyone else's, and it made him a great heel champion. <laughs> You'd have a card full of awesome, like badass matches, and then kind of a disappointing main event. And <laughs> <laughs> well, you, the the idea is you want to see somebody beat him. Yeah, that, that's kind of a, that's something I don't hear talked about too much in in wrestling fan circles. Even when they talk about you know booking and and trying to to. Uh, draw fans to a match that they want to see is that match quality isn't irrelevant, but people talk about it like match quality is everything. You don't know how good a match is going to be until it's over. Yeah. You get people in the building or watching a show because you want, they want to see somebody achieve something. You know, you have a champion that you want to see beaten. They'll get behind the person trying to beat them. Maybe the match, the match could be a stinker, but if your favorite wrestler finally topples the champion, you're not going to care. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a great moment, and that moment will live forever, even if the match itself right, exactly. is kind of forgotten. And when Zack Sabre Jr. finally fucking beat him, it was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, but yeah, and it, it kind of reminds me of what Triple H kind of should have been. Like when Triple H was surrounded by The Rock and Stone Cold and Mick Foley and all those other guys who were better than him and should have beaten him, he was a great <laughs> heel champion. You know, once all those guys were gone and it was just Triple H left over, you know, it was like, well, we, you can't have the one top guy be the boring guy. Yeah, right. That's that is the it does have to be a, a group effort with everybody doing their part. And uh, when when Triple H was there trying to have good matches with Goldberg and Scott Steiner, it just didn't work. Oof. And like, I mean, I love Scott Steiner. Don't get me wrong, but his worst work was that WWE run. He was so injured and he just couldn't do it. Yeah. And Goldberg could do one thing and have 20 minute matches with Triple H is not it. (laughs) So this match is cool because like both guys can strike. They can both grapple. But um, Dragunov is clearly a little bit better of a striker and Thatcher Mm -hmm. is a little bit better of a grappler. And they go back and forth like that until they have this great flurry at the end. Well, before that, I love... um, So Dragunov has a move where he does kind of like a 619, like without hitting the guy, just uh, going through the ropes into... Yeah, to turn around. Yeah, and that gives him the... uh, What is it called? The tiger faint kick. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that gives him the momentum to get into a big lariat. Um, and before he actually connects with that move, the first time he tries it, Thatcher immediately grabs him out of the faint kick into a belly to belly suplex. That was a cool, yeah, that was, a cool that was dope. Um, So, yeah, but they have this crazy uh, exchange at the end where, um, you know, they they, they did a fucking strong style match. Right. Where Mm -hmm. at the end, um, 
Dragunov fires up, and he, he fires up possibly more than anyone else has ever fired up. Uh, <laughs> he's very fiery. He's quite fiery, yes, to the point where he, like his skin turns red. Um, and uh, he chops Thatcher. Thatcher no-sells the chop. Saido suplexes him. Dragunov no-sells the Saido suplex. Yep. And then he does this <laughs> wild jumping forearm, which he apparently calls Torpedo Moscow, and that gets him the win. Good stuff. Yeah, that was great. Great opening. Both those guys just look legit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like the like neither of them look like they're like crazy characters or I don't know. I'm trying not to insult them by saying like neither of these guys necessarily look like big stars on the surface until you start seeing them work. Um, A lot of people were surprised when the WWE ended up signing Timothy Thatcher because as good as he is, like he's really not that charismatic um, unless you really like sink into what he's doing. But like like Ben was saying, like WWE has so many people that they they need people to fill that role of being like the the serious guy next to all the cartoons like Drew Gulak was doing it for a while. And it's like he can can be the cartoon, too, which is what's great about Drew. But. Uh, Drew is very versatile. I'd say yes. Dragunov is very charismatic. He has a hell of a flair. To I, I'll him. agree with and you. And I there. think that's part of what makes this match work. Whereas, like the matches recently between Thatcher and um, Champa on NXT have kind of fell flat for me because they're both kind of the same thing. Yeah, you know? I haven't seen those. I, I saw the first. Well, one. that kind of shines a light on uh, the problem with the WWE booking in general, but <laughs> that's a whole other story. Uh, I will will refer to you if you'd like to hear about that story. Every other podcast. (laughs) The other thing about um, uh, the this match between Dragunov and Thatcher is they didn't do too much. You know, it's not too long. They 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 do you know they do fighting spirit on like one move each at the end of the match. They don't have like a ten minute fighting spirit sequence. You know, um, and, and yeah, there there aren't too many high spots or anything like that, and so the the big stuff at the end uh, is meaningful, and they they don't burn you out for the rest of the show too, since it's opening fucking yeah. match. Yeah, it's like a ten minute, twelve minute match, something like that. You could maybe describe it as an opening match main event. Yeah, <laughs> because it, it 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 was perfect as an opening match, but it's like they did do an abridged version of a main event, which is different than them saying, "Well, we're just going to do a main event up top." And honestly, yeah. which is not we'll get good. to it, but I I mean I thought this was probably the best match on the show, and the main event I think was my least favorite match on the show, uh, but we'll get to that. Um, cool. All right. So next match is uh, Nina Samuels uh, against Laura DiMatteo, who is there with Ginny. Now, I'm familiar with Samuels and Ginny from NXT UK. Yeah, Ginny was the only person I immediately recognized. And then the other two, I was like, after I watched the match for a little bit, I was like, I think I might have seen them on... UK, but I'm not I don't sure. know about Di Matteo. I would be surprised if she was on NXT UK. Uh, I was surprised if the WWE used her at this stage uh, because yeah. she's not all that polished. Um, Samuels, I had seen mostly as kind of a jobber in in UK. Uh, here, I thought she was great. Yeah, she was great. Um, just a really great baby face, really great fire. Very much carried this this whole match. Um, mm-hmm. Ginny, her whole gimmick in NXT UK is she's like a fashionista. Uh, yeah. Apparently, yeah. she has a stable here called House Couture, 
um, House okay. of Couture. <laughs> that okay, <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I guess maybe Samuels used to be in House of Couture, but she had broken free. Okay, so this is like faction drama. Yeah. Uh, Di Matteo, you know, she comes out looking kind of like an MMA fighter, but I don't know. She's a little too small for the gimmick. Yeah. Her strikes Once don't look that good. Once she was working, she didn't look like an MMA fighter yeah. anymore. I mean, you say she's too small, but like Layla Hirsch, she's like five foot one. Yeah. And yeah. she play, and when she gets in the ring, it's like, oh, she's going to kick your ass. Yes. Yeah. Too small, not just too short. But like not muscular right. enough, you know. She doesn't yeah. look like yeah, yeah. She, can kick she doesn't. Ass. She she's not convincing of it. Yeah. She's trying, you know, and maybe she'll grow into it. I don't know. But, like I, I, you know, I don't. I don't watch uh, NXT UK, you know, so I don't know any of. Yeah, this me, <clears throat> me neither. I had like two months of watching NXT UK, and then it was like same. I, I got other. Yeah, things. I watched the beginning. I, I watched. So uh, I've I'd seen. Yeah. yeah, I watched the tournament. Right. <laughs> and I, I I had seen watching the like first like 12 episodes maybe of UK. I saw like the women's title tournament. So I, I think that's where I saw Samuels. Um, Dragunov I've only seen recently. Well, he did a couple of matches on the, uh, he fought, he wrestled Finn Balor on one of the UK takeovers. I saw so that. I've seen the UK takeovers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I heard about the match with Valter and had to check it out. And it's, it's yeah. pretty badass. Um, but I thought this match had really good structure. And that kind of saved it, despite the fact that mm-hmm. DiMatteo wasn't that good. Um, and, and Samuels, you know, she sold so well that she, you know, even when DiMatteo's offense was kind of rough looking, uh, it still worked because Samuel sold it so well. And Jenny jumped in there with all of her cheating and heel stuff, and that, that helped move it along and cover for, for uh, uh, DiMatteo. Yeah, they they went for a bit of chaos, and and I think they succeeded when they tried to do that. Um, again, like not too complicated, you know. They 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 focused on uh, the cheating and the overcoming, and yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I I like the fine. finishing spot. So Samuels gets DiMatteo up for a fireman's carry, um, but uh, DiMatteo keeps struggling out of it, and then finally. Uh, she she goes for like a springboard DDT or something, and it's like the third time Samuels gets her in the fireman's carry and hits her with a Ushiguroshi for the win. So that was cool, um, yeah. and it looked real. You know, it it looked like it made sense because Samuels was v- much more powerful looking than Di Matteo, unlike when you know Adam Cole does it to freaking anybody. <laughs> oh adam cole uh, yeah i said about adam cole when they signed him and then pushed him immediately to the top it's like he, he's the kind of guy who goes right to the top and then you're pissed about it which is exactly uh which is exactly what they need i think and uh, he's done it for a couple of years who knows what the future is going to hold because i doubt they'll bring him to raw and have him beat all of those guys yeah i think he knows uh, that yeah yeah well, I don't know. They're they're in they're in an interesting spot right now with the future of NXT because it's it's not what it used to be. Not at all. Um, and that doesn't mean that it's bad. It just they have to transition it now. They're talking about having kind of another level of developmental league. And like, I mean, you scoff a little bit, Ben, and I understand why a lot of people do. But I think of like Major League Baseball. They have the Triple A leagues, then they have the Double A leagues, then they have the Single A leagues, and then they have the Bush leagues. Yeah, and. 
every, at every level, the players are objectively and statistically better than the players below. And the WWE is big enough worldwide that they can do that if they want to. Just yeah. so much I mean, they have 600 people under contract. Right. And yeah. I, I, I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't watch it. But I think a lot of those people, especially now, would need more matches under their belt. And that's a place to do it. Like, especially mm-hmm. when they're pulling people that, that aren't from wrestling when they're getting like different kinds of athletes and stuff, you put them in that, that fed that I will never watch. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like they run the risk of bleeding the Indies a little bit too dry to the point where risk. I thought that was, yeah, that's their business. Well, I mean, to a certain point, maybe they want to do that, but eventually you stop getting anybody interesting because no one has any experience running the territories anymore. You know? Yeah. That it, that is a problem eventually, and well, they ran into that when the territories right. dried up. You know that they, they had to be creative about where they were going to find people for a while. But new sources came. I mean, in. and they also they figured you know. out this thing where, like, for instance, with these guys in progress, where they let them keep doing the indies even while they're doing yeah. the second or third tier uh, WWE show. Yeah, it took AEW no time to figure that out. <laughs> yep. You know, that, I remember, you know, when AEW came out, people, you know, I was uh, when they were when it was being developed, like I was still in Chikara, like at the end of my my time there. And and we were, you know, we had heard, you know, who was coming through and like what was we were like, oh, Bryce Remsburg's going to get signed and everything. And we we're like, oh, are we never going to see these guys again? And, and slowly we realized, as, as they were saying, it's like, well, they haven't told us we can't. And there's nothing in our contract saying that we can't, and now it's like, oh, they're actually independent contractors. Yeah. As long as they don't have dates that conflict with AEW, they can just work. The only problem... What a concept. They have the opposite problem, where they don't actually teach anybody how to work. So... Well, they don't have a school. <laughs> right. Well, you I know? mean, they do have a school, <laughs> but they have a school for like... They're starting for to. Like brand yeah, they're new starting guys. to have... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know like Dustin Rhodes works with people before shows and and they have their nightmare family gym and all that. They stuff, don't have but... the finishing school that the performance center. Has right. Become. Yeah. Like a W is far from perfect. And I wouldn't be the first person to say one of the problems with it is that once you get past all the top guys that probably should have been on TV for years, but weren't, there is a lot, there are a lot of holes in like the nuts and bolts of the work. And if you're a big enough wrestling fan and know what you're looking for, you can see them. And it's the kind of stuff that would fly in front of a live audience that you could do like old school sleight of hand in front of. Mm-hmm. You can't do sleight of hand in front of HD cameras. You can't do sleight of hand in front of Jim Ross, yeah. you know, <laughs> and people complain about Jim Ross. And I'm like, oh, no, no, Jim Ross is keeping these guys honest. You got to you got to impress him because Excalibur is going to gush all over him. And Tony is just so happy to be there. Yeah, Tony's but Jim life. Ross is just going to be like, well, that missed. Right. <laughs> Come on, guys. But, you know, they need <laughs> to that. be fair. WWE is starting to have kind of the same problem because it's seeming it seems like their agents have stopped agenting. Like, you watch NXT matches, and it's like, they've got fucking Shawn Michaels there. Shawn Michaels isn't telling anybody to do anything. They're still all just doing whatever they want. And then they come up to the main roster, and this is what happened recently where Vince was like, uh, Keith Lee needs to go back to the performance center for a little while. Because it's like, as great as Keith Lee is, he hasn't really learned, you know, or and, and he is now. But, you know, at the time, like, he hadn't really learned how to work TV the way that Vince really wants people to work TV. 
it's that working TV thing. You can't learn to work TV unless you're on TV. There was just an interview with Chris Statlander about the state of the AEW women's division, and she was talking about how, look, there is a big difference in that a lot of the guys uh, had worked TV before, but a lot of the women in the AEW roster just hadn't, and yeah. they're learning, and they're coming in before the shows and working out and trying to figure it out and, like, give them some time yeah, before you it's, bury I think, the whole thing. I think thing. the AEW women's division is going to be a slow a slow burn, but they, they're planning yeah. for the future. If you watch AEW Dark, it's half women's matches because they more know that's their big hole, so they're trying to get these these people to where they need to be but it, yeah it's gonna take a little they've bit. also got fucking arn anderson and tully blanchard and jake roberts and like Jerry right, Lynn J- and all these motherfuckers Dean malenko Dean Mo- fucking malenko and i don't know are they are they telling these guys anything like <laughs> i'm sure they are but if you ask arn anderson how do you learn to work he'd say oh well work seven days a week and then he'll acknowledge that you can't do that anymore. But he said he, he's he's talked about but, it. He's like, that's a big disadvantage that people but have. Nobody's now. telling yeah. them, like, maybe don't start the match with a power bomb on the floor that you don't sell and has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> else, you know? Maybe Omega. Maybe. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Well, far be it from any of us to say that Kenny Omega isn't drawing. No, or, yeah, 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 fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but it's yeah. like, those, you know, I don't know. For me, a lot of those AEW shows are exhausting because everybody yeah. does everything that they want to do. And it's just, you know, there's um, diminishing returns. It's true. All right. Anyway, back to progress. So our next match. So they, there are two like brawls. Um, involving this stable DNR, do not resuscitate. The first mm. one is Eddie Dennis, who is uh, on NXT UK. Um, yeah, he was a math one of the worst names in wrestling. Yes, it's a terrible name, Eddie Dennis. Um, he, but he, he, he's kind of an interesting guy. He's very tall, um, but kind of skinny. Um, but he, he was a math teacher. He trained. Oh. He came up with like Pete Dunne. And 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 I think uh, Trent Seven maybe, and uh, but then like stopped wrestling and went back to being a math teacher, and then when NXT UK started up again, uh, started up, he was like, oh maybe, oh man, all my friends from back in the day are like getting these big breaks. Maybe I should try doing it again, and ended up getting signed himself. Uh, so that's cool. interesting. Wow. So uh, he's teaming with Mark Haskins, who I have seen before. He was on that progress show that we were at, um, Scotland. Yeah, he's in Ring of Honor now. Is he? Okay. And he's he's okay. there with his, yeah. his rather hot wife, <laughs> Vicky Haskins. And I guess that's <laughs> Mrs. Haskins. That's why she's there. Um, uh, and, you know, he has his, because it's a cool kind of thing, I guess, for the crowd. Like, he's a short, kind of ugly dude who has like a pretty hot <laughs> wife and people can get behind that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's, that's, that's British. That's a British culture. I think. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So they're at, I they're against two of these DNR guys. Now, before the announcers kind of explained what was going on, I was very confused. Cause it seemed like there was like the one guy, Drew Parker was a zombie and the other guy, Spike Trevette was like, Treve was like a magician. And I was like, why are they a tag team? Yeah, I didn't get them at all. And then the zombie guy took his mask off. And I was like, what do these guys have to do with each other? Apparently, the, the four guys from DNR 
are the four pillars of British hardcore wrestling. They're a stable of guys known for their their hardcore shit or like their deathmatch shit. Hmm. So that's why they kind of explains the wild brawl that they had. Yeah, with the the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one, uh, a lot of the story here seems to revolve around the barbed wire bat that um, Trevay brings with him, which is described by one of the announcers as Vicky Haskins' special toy. (laughs) <laughs> i'm just gonna leave that hanging there i'm sure the implications are uh are many i, I, I gotta wow. be honest you know a lot of these guys i've either only heard of or maybe i've seen wrestle once and especially in a match like this where everybody's like brawling i lose track of who everyone is sure. real quickly and i lost track of who a lot of the guys were on this show and, and like in terms of watching wrestling, that's just kind of how, how I do it. When I'm first introduced to a whole glut of people, I'll get more the feeling of the show and the, like, the vibe of it before I really pick a bunch of stuff out, especially with these multi-man matches. It's not for every match. Yeah. That opener was incredible. And uh, the match after this one I thought was very good. But like, oh, like these tag matches and like oh, these guys are all just fighting. I couldn't even tell you who won this match, i got to uh, be honest. And I watched this the, today. Yeah, and the, none of the, the teams the teams have no cohesive look. They don't they don't yeah, look like Yeah, that would teams. help. Like if yeah. if you if if uh if I saw the Killer Bees come out once, I'd know they were tag teaming even though they both yeah. just look like regular guys, you know, cuz they have their they yeah. have their tights and they have their thing going on. I li- the, uh, what also they're in their 60s, so that would be unique. One thing I thought was kind of funny about this <laughs> match is the the referee gets uh gets bumped pretty early on. And they're able to have the insane yeah. hardcore match. Well, I mean, not that insane, but like they're able to have a hardcore match this entire time because the ref has been bumped and has been out this entire time. <laughs> and he was still uh, out halfway through. There's as the one complaint people had it at WrestleMania 17, like one of the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Or they, I haven't put it against a lot of the recent ones, but let's just go with that. One of the biggest complaints with the Triple H versus the Undertaker match in that show is that they do a ref bump and then brawl in the crowd for so long. It's like, man, somebody really needs to check on the ref. You're unconscious for that long. It's really <laughs> super bad for I, you. I watched a match yeah. uh, between Loki and the Amazing Red recently from from House of Glory. Yeah, and they do it, but they made sure to at least give the ref like a devastating like they they the ref gets punched in the face with a chair by Loki, and it's like uh, okay, <laughs> I can I accept the most out for like twenty minutes. minutes. Yeah. The most egregious one of those I've ever seen, I think, and, and my, my mother used to go on about this when I'd watch it, was at the Survivor Series one year. They did the Bret Hart versus Bob Backlund I Quit match, and each of them had, it wasn't an I Quit match, they each had a second with a towel that had to get thrown in. And oh, Bret's yeah. second was Davey Boy Smith, and at some point, Davey Boy goes chasing Owen Hart around the ring, hits his head on the ring oh. steps, and he's out. And he's literally out for over 10 minutes. He's just laying there motionless. It's like, he's dead like if you're unconscious for that long without medical attention is he breathing nobody comes out to check on him they don't have the doctors come out and like stretcher him out owen is just concerned and then you know well, and that entire it. time brett is in the fucking chicken wing like not a, i don't even think brett was in the chicken wing okay, yet 
was the right, thing. Right, right. He's, he's I, in I it believe for Brett was distracted from it, and then Backlund grabs him and puts right, him in the right. chicken wing. And they do the whole extended chicken wing sequence. <laughs> Interesting psychology in that, because they proved that Brett just wasn't going to give up with it, but eh. Yeah. He, he had to lose eventually, and his mother threw in the yeah. towel. It's not a great match. Much to the delight of us. It's an interesting one. No, it's no. It's an interesting match, but it's not a great match. So uh, th- there was a couple of kind of cool spots in this. Uh, they put uh, a shirt over Dennis's face and just pour beer on it. Uh, oh, they're waterboarding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah they, yeah. they hung him from the, the tree of woe and then wrapped it. They tortured him. And then yeah. they beat him. <laughs> the crowd kind of reacted like, oh, you know, because they did this at several indie shows over the last several years because there was the whole thing with the waterboarding current events, you know, 12, 13 years ago. And uh, the crowds are kind of over it by now, uh, I yes. think. Also, because enough people thought, well, that doesn't look so bad. And they try it. And it is. Uh. <laughs> and um yeah i mean is it waterboarding if you just do it once yeah that's true but people say know. it's awful like one second in i don't know i've never let people do it to me because obvious reasons beer too getting all in your nose and shit that'd be pretty yeah Ugh, yeah so then Bubbly. they beat the shit out of him with the barbed wire bat and the ref is up just in time for the two count <laughs> he avoids a second bump but therefore misses the nut shot to Eddie Dennis, and then Trevay rolls him up and pulls the tights, and that's the end of the match. Yeah. So I like that the little callback. A lot of fun uh, brawling. Yeah, this yeah. was a fun match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't tell what was uh, who was who or what was sure. going on, but the action was good. The next match, and that's more which on they me. Announce as the final match of the first half, and I, I like setting up a, a an indie show like that. There's two distinct halves. Me too. You, you have a nice like. You can you can blow out the crowd in the the main event of the first half, and they'll recover <laughs> in yeah. time for the second half. Yeah. Um. But this one—that's another Gabe Sapolsky signature. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know, he 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 was like, "Well, we have two main events," and people were like, "No, you need one main event." He's like, "No, no, no. We're gonna have two main events. One before the intermission, and then it goes on." So speaking of Gabe Sapolsky, uh, one of the guys in this match is Jody Fleisch who was uh, 38 years old at the time, who I remember from early, like 2003 ROH shows. Um, And the the announcers point out that he was one of the guys who kind of like kept the torch lit for British wrestling when it wasn't so popular for a while. Yeah. Uh, Oh, he's a real veteran. He's been around for a very long. They they mentioned that he had been wrestling for 22 years. So since he was 16, I guess. They start start young in England. Par for the course. Yeah. Um, he looked to be in tremendous shape, you know, yeah, chiseled abs great. and everything, you know. Still, yeah, could do all the same fucking high-flying shit. Mad well. Uh, and he was against Angelico, who uh, is, you know, a regular and in seen AEW. on AEW Dark. <laughs> Mostly Dark, yeah. Um, Angelico's an interesting wrestler. Uh, because he, you know, he's mostly a high flyer, but he does have that like legit lucha training. They mentioned he trained with Ultimo Dragon and Torimon, and so knows like the Yave submission style pretty well, uh, and so does some of th- some of that stuff as well. And that's he flows like water. Yeah, yeah, and that's basically what ends up winning him the match, right? Uh, um, Fleisch misses a shooting star, and he puts him in what they called the Twisted Deathlock. It, it, it was it was some kind of leg hold, um, yeah. Uh, some kind of leg kind of key lock. It was a good yeah. hold. 
Yeah. And like, yeah. There wasn't much structure to this match. It was just like back and forth spots. But yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, you do it. I do it. You yeah. do it. I do. But it. it was kept very short, which made it work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like a flurry yeah. of spots until the finish. And they were all impressive. It wasn't too much to blow out the crowd for like the remainder of the show. Um, and it didn't it wasn't like totally nonsensical. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, even though it wasn't, you know, maybe a great piece of of wrestling. There, there was no reason for these guys, I think, to go 20 minutes. You know, they didn't talk about some big feud they yeah. were having or anything. It was the people I think wanted to see Jody Fleisch. And Anelico's clearly a major up and comer. Yeah, you know, and he got let, to beat this, to see big this things from British, you know, high flying legend. Yep. I really big liked uh, Jody did that moonsault off the top to the into the crowd. Yes. Yeah, yeah, amazing. It looked awesome. Yeah, the, the 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 announcers going on about Jody Fleisch, like he could still do it. Like he's thirty eight, man. <laughs> That's not that old, really. I mean, you know, not even in in not even in like you know ninety two WWF where they bring in Bob Backlund at forty two with thirty eight beyond. It's that not old. so much the age; it's also having been doing that style for so long, right? Yeah, right. yeah. that takes on your body, and how great That's he looked. That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah, he looked he looked fantastic. He doesn't miss a lot of gym days, that's for sure. Clearly not. Um, and you know, some people will talk about a body like that, like maybe it's chemically enhanced, and maybe it is, but maybe it isn't. But I'd like to point out, as I think we've pointed out on this podcast before, even if you're full of steroids, you still have to go to the gym four, five, six days a week to get a body like that. If you do a bunch of steroids and don't work out, you're just gonna get pudgy and fat, and um, and you will not look like Jody Fleisch does. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, so second half of the show starts with the other uh, DNR brawl. Uh, oh, I hate yeah. I hate DNR. This is... I needed I needed to hate someone on this show, and I hate them. This time it was Good. funny hat beard guy and tr- <laughs> and trash raver. <laughs> yep. Uh, otherwise known, I Those think special their names, K kids all look the same. I think their names were Chuck Mambo and William Reaver. William Reaver was the hat beard guy and Chuck Mambo was the trash raver who um, who who after the match, Jim Smallman made sure everybody knew that someone in the audience had described him as shit Draco Malfoy. (laughs) (laughs) I I do have the uh, I do have just the the card up. His name is William Ever. Okay. Just I meant to look that up and then I didn't care enough to remember. Um, Well, I brought it up. I don't necessarily always do that, but since I couldn't keep track of a lot of these guys, I figure I'd better have their names in front (laughs) of me. Yeah, yeah. Just in the name of professionalism. They were against this tag Uh, team Aussie Open, Kyle Davis and Mike Fletcher, who I've seen somewhere. But I can't, couldn't yeah, remember. Kyle Fletcher them. and Mark I, I Davis. I don't know where I've heard of them. Maybe they did like a a, a, a weird impact show or, or like something. Japan, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, um, but one of those guys, I believe it was um, Davis? Doug. Uh, da- I thought one of them was named Doug. Oh no, maybe not. Kyle Davis and Mike Fletcher. Who was the really the one who they called um, like Aussie Kaiju Monster? That was Davis, the big man. Davis. He was I liked him. He was impressive. Yeah, yeah. I liked him. the other guy didn't really yeah. make much of an impression on me. But but that guy yeah. when he tagged in for the hot tag and, and the house of fire, like I was like, Ooh, oh, all right. Mm, yeah, he did that big like something. sit down earthquake splash yeah. thing. That looks great. 
That's always fun. I'll always be happy when I see something like oh, that. Yeah, me too. There needs to be more sitting on guys. Apparently, Ever at some point was spiritual, but now is more ruthless. He had a new attitude. Okay. When is that what they call faces and heels in England? Uh, spiritual. Yeah, I don't know. Spiritual and ruthless. Spiritual. I like it. Um, I, I'll say, uh, based on this match, this is a lovely crowd. They like everything. They're into everything. Yeah, they're they're into they it. They forgive man. everything. They totally fucked up the comeback spot here. The crowd immediately forgave them. This is not the 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 Ring of Honor crowd that it looks like. <laughs> right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. They're not um, mutants. It's, these are these are yeah. nice British boys. <laughs> they came to see wrestling, and they're happy that there's wrestling happening. They could be working at the steel mill, and they're not. You know, <laughs> they're 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 there to see progress. Also, they're pretty drunk by now. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. There's. Also, this is the kind of thing that happens when you have a good host hyping up the crowd, too. That kind of thing lingers. Like, yep. I don't necessarily think they need to put the whole thing on the show uh, for for home consumption. But a good host will make the crowd forgive the, the, the botched spots because it makes you feel, yeah, well, we're all still in this yeah, together. Yeah, it's a this great, great. great vibe for the whole thing. Great like that's, vibe. You know, something we'd say hosting comedy shows. It's like, yep, you got to get a great vibe. Batter. If somebody wants to show up and laugh, they will. If somebody wants to show up and not laugh, I don't care how funny you are. You know, yep. <laughs> they're not battered gonna... sausage. I think was the the chant that the the throughout this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did not get that. That sounds yeah, British. And then and 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 yeah. Smallman replied with, "Could use some topping." Ah, yes. <laughs> That's but, um, <laughs> so. Uh, Oh, oh, one other thing that uh, Davis did, uh, double body slam. Body slam two guys at once. Uh, that was That's cool. always a good trick. Um, yeah, the, the Aussie guys eventually win with this, like, double electric chair driver thing. Uh, you know, it was cool. Um, yeah. Another thing I will... might be my least favorite match of the night, maybe. Yeah, not, I don't not... have too much to say about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, like uh, not. It wasn't bad or anything. It's just yeah. compared to the other ones, I, it didn't have that much for me. It was, yeah. It was Although I did weird. like the big man doing big man things. Yeah. Um, the uh, one other thing I want to point out. So they allow cursing on these shows. They don't bleep that out. That was yeah. So yeah. So they, the announcers say shit at some point here. And uh, later on in the next match, um, so Chris Ridgway is apparently hard as fuck. He's he's a black belt <laughs> in being hard as fuck. And he says that, and they don't bleep it at all, and the crowd yeah. chants hard as fuck throughout the entire match. Uh, that was cool. Uh, good, good for WWE. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't watching that with my grandson. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So... So this match is interesting. You got into it young, did you, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> so Chris Ridgway is wrestling uh, Shugiro Iri. I seem to yeah. have... Yeah, or Shigehiro? Shigehiro Iri, yeah. And uh, yeah. who's like a big, you know, Japanese dude. Um, yeah, big Japanese really big dude. Japanese sure. dude. Chris Ridgway is like he has an interesting kind of like frenetic, striking, and technical style 
The problem with him for me is he just looks like everybody else. Like, yes, you know, the uh, Shigehiro here and Jody Fleisch, I think, are the only two people on the show that aren't white guys. Yep, yep. I was about to say Uh, that. Or white women in the the one women's match. The problem with NXT UK, it's like the whitest show since NWA Power. Like, white, white, part of me says, you know, NWA Power. Like the the women's division in NWA Power was almost exclusively non-white people. That's true. You know, this show was much whiter, even. And I under some part of me says I understand because it's you know they're in Europe where yeah. the white people are. On the other hand, I'm like there's a lot of non-white people in yeah. England. NWA uh, you know, Power. There's no had Indian Ricky people Starch on this show. And homicide and yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, like they they could have they couldn't find one Indian guy you know <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking right yeah, they, right they, Jody Fleisch is black but Jody Fleisch is also like one of the one of the heavy vets of the of the UK scene you know they couldn't we, find another yeah he worked British for twenty something years we to, we should right. point out um mm-hmm. you know this is this show was in January 2019 it's luckily and I, that's why it's on the network. Uh, a show from that period of time that doesn't have any of the people on it who have been um, canceled from the British wrestling was, scene. Yes, uh, that's that was what I thought when you when you first told me that this was the show. I was like, uh oh, are we going to see like a parade of canceled? Travis Banks wrestlers? was the no, champion just, at the time, just, they, but thankfully he's not on this show. Or unless they cut his. I match. mean, there's, there's Will Osprey. You know, uh, but that's not as not as severe as some of the yeah, other guys. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's a second hand. Of, he's been accused of blackballing uh, a certain woman who complained. That, well, you can look that up if you want. Yeah. Um, I will misrepresent but, yeah, some of the details, been... and I don't want to do that. Osprey has kind of gotten a pass by a lot of people simply because he's so good, and you're not going to convince me that there's any other reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because there's certain. He's not charming. He's dumb as fuck, but he's. But he's very good. Yeah, You can't say that he's not. No, there is quite a bit of rot in the British wrestling scene. And it's it's being excised to some degree. Um, But, you know, who knows how deep it runs. And so... Right, not Travis Banks, like none of those guys. Yeah, or Marty Skrull, or... Or Marty Skrull, uh, right. Uh, Or or Jordan... The WWE... Or Jordan Devlin, who's still wrestling for WWE... Yeah, I bet you the WWE hires Marty Skrull because uh, Marty Skrull's reputation is shot. But like he said, he didn't break any laws. Yeah, and that's yeah. all the oh, WWE cares about. That's true. Yeah, that's they've got all Matt they Riddle there. Um, I mean, that's a complicated yeah, Velveteen situation. Dream. Velveteen Dream, right? Yeah. Ugh. I haven't heard much. I mean, I honestly, I haven't been watching the WWE product much. Is Dream still like on NXT every week? He, yeah, he, he came was back. until fairly recently. Like he's definitely fallen down the card a bunch. Yeah, well, the, yeah. he doesn't you know, have that crowd support. Something about wrestling, yeah. which and, and we're going to talk to Evan about this a bit more. I want. I was meaning to bring it up again. Yeah. Is there something about the wrestling community where, like, we we have it? We at least not visibly. We don't see a lot of like hardcore right wingers and like QAnon people get any kind of play. Um, the the yeah. you know. 
the wrestling community has been, you know, very quick to cancel people who obviously should be and things like that. Right. Um, you know, yeah. and, and, and well, the, the underground wrestling community especially has been, uh, has been progressing and changing a lot yeah. over the last Since 10 years. When we were kids, it was like yeah. those nineties fans. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a whole different and story. Like, yeah. You can keep someone around like Velveteen Dream or Matt Riddle, but if they don't have that undercurrent of support from the fan base, like they're going to fizzle out eventually just on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And like a guy like Velveteen, I, I've read that people in the locker room don't like him now. He doesn't have like support in the locker room because people are like, that creep? Yeah. And, and like Matt Riddle, like he went out of his way to get people to not like him before. You know, and he was just going to rely on the fact that he was so good. Now, you know, but he's fizzling out, too, uh, despite the fact that he's a good wrestler. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to the UFC because the UFC just announced that they're going to stop testing people for <laughs> right. weed, which was his big problem. Oh, wow. You know, he was like, I'm not going to stop smoking weed. Like in the WWE, you can get away with paying a fine. But in, in the UFC, it gets suspended. No, and uh, Specifically, uh, yeah. Dana White, like, said to him, like, there's no way you're ever going to make this much money anywhere else. And, and Riddle was like, all right, we'll see. Um all right, so uh, this match, you know, it's cool. Yeah, like they, they uh, Ridgeway does a lot of cool technical stuff. Um, Ira has some cool high impact moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah great yeah. impact. He has good splashes and I like and uh, duplexes. I like Iri, um pretending that he can't understand the referee's English when he's counting at him in <laughs> right. the corner. The joke being, of course, because in Japan they count in English. <laughs> right. Everybody, Everybody knows it knows if you watch Paul. The referee yeah. doesn't buy for a second that he can't understand the count. Um he does that crazy cannon cannonball in the corner that like a oh, lot of people do, yeah. but it was like incredibly It impactful. looked it looked great. Um uh, if you do something everyone does better than everyone else. You know, I want to point out he does the Taz mission or Kate Hajime, which the fucking idiot announcer calls a cobra clutch. Uh <laughs> Oops. Not quite the same. Yeah, thing. He, he says like he calls an STF like some kind of like cross face or death lock. It's a fucking STF. Fucking John Cena does it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I actually I don't know who the announcers were, but I was very frustrated yeah, with one of them uh, with the lack of knowledge of one of them. Um, and, oh, and, and when he was doing the Katahaji May, he did uh, he did it from a fireman's carry position. At one point, he like threw him down and then uh, like uh, he did like uh, a fireman's carry Michinoku driver right into yep. the Kata Hajime. I thought that was cool, too. In the end, there's a whole big flurry and um, Ridgeway ends up hitting two PKs, two penalty kicks. And the second one uh, wins it. I, you know, I, I, I have a lot of feelings about that. So, like, the PK can look really devastating if you hit it really well but it can yeah. also you know not look that good and the second yeah. one here that ended the match didn't look that good and it, it the finish felt a little anticlimactic because of it and so like i mean i don't know like also like that's one of zach saber jr's finishers uh, Ridgeway comes off to me a little bit like Tyler Black did in Ring of Honor, where he seems like he was a really big fan of the just previous generation of wrestlers and does a bunch of yeah. stuff because he's a mark for it. And it's like, it's too soon. 
It's like I've already yeah. seen I've I've just already seen all that stuff, you know. Someone do but it. We've you, seen, you've seen someone do it. Great. Right. Right. And now exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he obvi- obviously a super talented guy, um, but he's he's got to figure out his own identity. I think. Yeah, I liked I liked this match. It was it was surprising because when when uh, when it was starting, I was like, oh, let's just get to the main event. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know either yeah. of these guys, but uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked uh, Eerie more. Mm, yeah, for sure. But yeah, definitely. The fucking uh, one of the announcers Agreed. was ha- having a stroke putting over Ridgeway. Like <laughs> <laughs> he was pushing him real, real hard. I was like, OK, I get it. You like this dude, but um, it's funny. Guess, like in the I beginning, when they said the uh, the black belt line, I think it was their accent. But I thought he said black belt of being hot as fuck. I mean, he could have, <laughs> but and I was like, oh, I thought he, I like, I legit thought he was like uh, some kind of model gimmick. So I <laughs> actually, I actually put on the the subtitles. Because I wanted okay. to see what how they interpreted, and it said hard. Yeah, I didn't know. It said hard as f dash dash. So I was like, oh, ah. that is what they're yeah, saying. Yeah, my notes yeah. say my notes say hot as fuck. <laughs> hard as fuck is is quite a phrase there to, it to really describe is. yourself in in wrestling of of all things. Um, okay, so our main event is for the Progress Tag Team Titles. It's the team of CCK. I have no idea what that stands for. Uh, Chris Brooks and Kid Lycos, who I had seen once before in uh, Chikara King of Trios, the one year they were in yeah. England. Um, and they're going up against Swords of Essex, the aforementioned Will Osprey and Paul Robinson. And man, do these guys come off as fucking asshole heels. Yeah. From the beginning. Paul Robinson just looked like a prick. He looks like like a little (laughs) fucking prick. He really does. Yeah. He's like wrestling with the chain on. He just looks like an asshole. There's a guy in the crowd who looks a little bit like our friend uh, Fesh um, giving him the finger. And uh, Robinson comes and like bites the dude's finger. (laughs) And the dude seems like taken (laughs) aback by this. And Robinson's like, fine, you get a free shot. Slap me. And the, the fan actually slaps him very gently. And then he fucking like really slaps the fan. Damn. You have to know your crowd society. is really fucking cool if you're going to get away with that kind of shit. Yeah. You have to you have to understand when you say our litigious society, that's America. Right, right. It's not Europe. Like, it's not that they don't have lawyers and litigate in Europe, but like they don't they don't do it like that. You know, that's there is a line you can't cross, but they engaged with each other. I remember years ago, like the singer uh, Bjork. Right, got into a fist fight with a photographer at an airport. Yes. Classic, classic YouTube video. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember hearing the follow-up. You know, they interviewed Bjork a few weeks later. It's like, well, are your lawyers going to like... And she said, no, I, I had lunch with her. We worked it out. <laughs> that was the beginning That's and great. the end nice. of it. You know, we we were like, so we had a fight. Let's let's deal with it. I got a lunch like with Bjork Adults, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. got a lunch with Bjork out of it. And uh, I was always very impressed by that, you know, being in America where everybody, not only are we so litigious, but we see it as some kind of lottery ticket as though like, oh, you could sue somebody for millions yeah, of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I finally first have of a, all, an excuse. Yeah, right. First of all, the lawyers are going to take it. Second of all, if, unless, unless the other person has millions of dollars, you ain't getting anything. So don't 
clog up the court systems with stupid yeah. crap where, you know, don't bring something to trial that should be a conversation. Right. And that's my advice for the day. Anyway, back <laughs> and to this also, main like, event. And also, like, in other countries, match. like, you're, we expect, they expect people to have some kind of common sense. Anyway. Um, so at this point, Osprey, besides being progress tag champs with uh, Robinson, is also the never champ. Um, yeah, from, that was yeah. Japan. I, I'm, I'm like such a mark for that stuff. Uh, first, I was like, oh, swearing <laughs> on the WWE Network. And then I was like, Osprey on the WWE Network. And then I'm like, the never title. <laughs> <laughs> and I had seen him just about a week before that in Japan beat Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, and, and Osprey is a heel in Japan, but he fucking amped up the fucking volume on the, on the heeldom in this match big time. It's a whole different psychology, you know, here he's like top heel where he wants everybody to hate him. So he's not pulling out all of his crazy stuff necessarily. He's not necessarily trying to have the great match that'll pop the crowd. Whereas when he's in New Japan, his M.O. is clearly to have the greatest match he can against the greatest competition in the world. I I see it a little bit differently here. And this this is I'm going to get into my criticism of the match. So. In terms of their mannerisms, great fucking dipshit heel, heel like arrogant heel yeah. shit. In terms of the wrestling, there is no heel or face or match structure whatsoever here. They just do fucking moves. And it really feels like maybe he's not trying to go for the greatest match ever, but it really feels like he's like, oh, there's no one to tell me not to just do whatever fucking move I want at whatever at whatever time here. You know, yeah. in New Japan, I have yeah, to work with Ibushi, you know, Um yeah, you got to do his moves. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's in a different spot when he's showing up in progress. If I work you know? when I when he worked with Amazing Red, like Red had to like tone him down a little bit, you know. Here, great he great art is done through restriction, shit. not freedom. Right, and he has yeah, total freedom true. here, and you can see it. You know, and they yeah. just do too much. The match is too long. There's a lot of fucking awesome spots, um, but yeah, um, they do the goofy resistance band. The, which thing. oh oh, I want to talk about that because I had. So I I was in Japan like a week before that for Wrestle Kingdom. And when I was in Osaka, I went to a Dragon Gate show and they were doing the resistance band thing, like the same spots at the <laughs> Dragon Gate show. And the announcers here actually mention that that's a Dragon Gate thing and that CCK had spent some time in Dragon Gate. So this was Swords huh. of Essex oh, sort of like, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know, rubbing it in there. Yeah, I don't know, like doing it at their expense. Cool. Um, and yeah, so you take the resistance band just for those who haven't seen this and you, the, the one team member puts the one end by the guy's face and the other team member runs really far away to pull it to like it's complete resistance and then lets go of the band. So it snaps right into the dude's face. <laughs> then the next spot is, uh, they try to do it again and Osprey tried to go as far back as possible. So he wasn't looking at one point. Um, when like the other partner came in to, uh, break the, the side to like disengage the side, the one side from the guy's hand. So it ends up snapping the opposite way right into Osprey's face. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Good backfire. Yeah. 
Yeah, CCK, I don't quite get. Um, Chris Brooks, like, he's another one of these guys. Like, like Eddie Dennis is really tall but kind of thin, but he still looks really strong. Brooks is really tall, and, I mean, he still looks kind of strong, and I was a little confused because at the beginning of the match, he acts like he's way stronger than Robinson. But then pretty much immediately starts selling for everything Robinson does. And like, you don't have to no sell. Um, and I get it. He's not that, that thick. He's kind of skinny. So maybe some, yeah. you can do some damage to him, but you got to find like a middle ground there. You know, like you shouldn't sell everything that a guy half your size does to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like besides like being that, tall, no. he didn't work like he was tall. Exactly. Uh, except, But then he, he did right. right at the beginning and then he forgot about it immediately. After yeah. That. Cause they had that, that stare down where you saw the height difference and it was like, Oh my God, look at, look at this dude. Yeah. And then that, that wasn't <laughs> the story anymore. You know, like that stuff really kind of bothers me. So this whole match really kind of bothered me. Um, <laughs> even though there was some cool stuff. Yeah, there was cool stuff. Yeah. There was that sunset bomb by Osprey where he like threw Lycos onto Brooks pretty much. Yeah, kind of yeah, the, on the, the floor, yeah. On the outside, and, yeah. And all the stuff off of people's shoulders. Oh, yeah. That there was a real scary one where he almost didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, he like he it was Robinson on Osprey's shoulders, I think, and he like yeah. flung him out of the ring. Um, yeah, they do a double stomp diamond cutter. I think it was uh, Robinson doing the diamond cutter and uh, Osprey doing the double stomp on Chris Brooks and and ended up winning the match. So which which is probably the right result. I you know I didn't yeah. think yeah. CCK should be. I mean I don't know what Essex. the booking is yeah. like long term. Yeah. So I, I would presume was, so. But yeah, I, I kind of thought CCK was going to win because I was thinking like oh they're going all out with this match maybe it's because like Osprey isn't going to be around very much anymore and they want to just like get all their shit out there and like have the match they've always wanted to have together but then Swords of Essex won and I was like oh all right no they just yeah I I, I didn't know Osprey did that much with progress because I know at some point he had to just be kind of exclusive to Rev Pro in England mm, so I, right yeah because New Japan has yeah, more they, they, there were several there were several big uh, leagues in England. Um, I don't know the scene. Not only did it did it get a, not only did the speaking out movement really focus on the the British wrestling scene, but the WWE just kind of showed up and treated it like the territories, and that was that. Ate them up. Yeah. Well, Progress has yep. their relationship right with with WWE, and so does ICW, yeah. which is in Ireland. Yeah. But RevPro has always had a relationship with New Japan. New Japan, yeah. Right. The, the when they when New Japan says like the British champion, they mean the Rev right. Pro champion. Yeah. So shortly after this show, you know, and I was looking some stuff up and like I'm I'm kind of just confirming it now, you know, uh Kid Locos retired oh. uh, due to various horrible injuries. He's had a couple of matches since then. He came back. They um, said the announcer said that he had just come back from injury for this show. He missed most of 2018. He wrestled for a few months in 2019 and got injured and stopped. According to Cage Match, he had a few matches in 2020 at like a Chris Brooks farewell event uh, in February, and that was it. Um, so Chris retired, Brooks retired uh, too. I don't know what happened to Chris Brooks. I don't know if he got signed somewhere or what, but that's what it's that's what Cage Match is saying. He 
not you know i'm unfamiliar with the scene if, yeah. if somebody can hear if one of our premium listeners can hear this that knows tell me well this is what um, happens yeah, when you don't know how to work and you just do high spots all the time and you keep getting injured <laughs> and then you can't fucking stop doing the high spots because you don't know how to do anything else yep yeah, Preach. I mean, eventually age catches up to you. I mean, Kid Lycos, you know, he was wearing a mask, but you can't tell. He's 22. Damn. I just looked it up, by the he, way. He, CCK. <laughs> yeah, he'd apparently he had already been wrestling almost 10 years. CCK Jeez. stands for Calamari Catch Kings. Oh, I never would have guessed that. <laughs> never in a million years. And Travis Banks is actually they, the other member of the of the trio. Are they a fishing team? Well, catch, I guess, has like catch wrestling. Right, right. Yeah. So do they wrestle fish then? Well, do they wrestle? I think like, okay, calamari, like they're octopuses, yeah, so, so they, they have like tentacles. Like, where, yeah, though, it, aren't yeah. squid? Isn't calamari squid? It might be squid. Might be squid. Uh, but also, squids have tentacles, so I guess they could wrap you up too. <laughs> they do. But like, these okay, guys guess, aren't fucking catch wrestlers at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. <sighs> uh. <laughs> well in america you know catch is like this is this european gimmick you know and in europe it's just wrestling <laughs> you know it you know, the german catch style right you know we'd call it catch as catch can here because we like sayings i think <laughs> yeah, i've recently cool. looked into this and that's the most i can find <laughs> but yeah and when i was in france uh even as a little kid um my my cousin bernard who lives there who's an older guy, yeah. like my mom's age, he would, he would be like, oh, you like le catch? Like, that's what, that's what uh, they call yeah. wrestling in, like, any pro wrestling, yeah. any wrestling whatsoever in France is still right. catch. Le catch. Le catch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's this show, you know, and, and I, I enjoyed it. Definitely. Even if some, you know, I didn't think it was the greatest show in the world or anything. I don't necessarily think it was a great entry point if I wanted to become a fan of progress because I just couldn't yeah. wrap my head around yeah. a lot of these guys. I, if I watched a bunch of shows like this, I think I'd, I'd be more excited about like some of the guys that I'm kind of dismissive of right now. I, I thought it had some good variety to it mm -hmm. as a show. Yeah. Um, each match was a little different except for like the two brawls. Uh, yeah, it, it, but it kind of, it kind of went backwards for me. Right? Like I liked the Started earlier great. stuff yeah, better yeah. than the later stuff. I yeah, liked yeah, it. I, I was just happy that it wasn't a show from 1982. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a contrast to the stuff we had done with you previously. Scotland. Hey, maybe we could find like a world of sports show from 1982 and watch yeah. it. That, that would probably I mean, be real interesting. We've got to do some, some classic catch. British wrestling. I mean, that's one of the things we still have to show yeah. Evan um, as part of the main feed. But we, we can do some yeah. of it here as well. Yeah, we'll see, see some, big daddy. some big daddy. Some yeah, big daddy. Yeah, big daddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> big daddy and giant haystacks. That was kind of the end of the popularity of the old time British wrestling style. Like Big Daddy was a big star and everything, but man, he couldn't do anything. No. And uh, but that was kind of the point, you know. Neither could Hulk Hogan, and he was a huge star in America. Yeah, they just loved him. They just loved him. Okay, so um, I guess we'll wrap things up. You know, uh, that's uh, thanks. Uh, who, uh, I'm sorry, Ben. Who who Justin. suggested the show to us again? Justin. Justin. Yes, Thank yes, you. Justin. Thank you very much, Justin, for suggesting this show. It's cool. I always felt like I should have gotten more into Brit Rest, but uh, considering recent events, you know, maybe it's good that I spent my time doing other things. Uh, but 
progress is cool. Maybe I'll watch more of this on the network. Uh, maybe I'll try and figure out who some of these guys are. I definitely have to go watch Ilya Dragunov versus yes, Walter. Um, I haven't seen it either. I've seen a couple of clips and like, you know, it looked like Jokobashi, except a little more modern. That, that'll um, be our homework. Jokobashi enough times. <laughs> that'll be our homework. Cool. That's on the nice. network. Um, Scotland, thank you very much for coming down again. Thank you, you know? for having uh, me. Pleasure. So much fun. Yeah, you know, now that we're 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 getting Evan back on some episodes, we we may develop a stable of semi regulars around here because we're not going anywhere. Um, yeah, do you have any any last words, either of you? Um, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. And uh, I just want to thank our uh, Patreon subscribers for continuing to yes, support thank us. You very much. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we have a lot more cool stuff coming up for you in the future. So stay tuned. Oh yeah, twenty twenty one is just getting started. We're getting revved back up. We're 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 kind of ready to not be as self indulgent as we've been over the last couple of months. We we needed to get out of our system, and uh, we have so excellent. All right, well this uh, this has been contesting wrestling premium. Thank you everybody so much for listening, subscribing, and patronizing us. Patronizing. Patri- patronizing. Patronizing. There is a proper word here. Well, patronizing is a word. Like patron is a word. Yes. I don't think Patreon is actually a word. Patreon, but, no, I don't think so. But either. now that it is, I guess there is also Patreoning or, or Patreonizing. Well, thank you for Patreoning us. <laughs> uh, we will see you all next time. Thank you. We Peace. Love you. Good night.